A FAM production. Furniture and mattress. FAM.news. Brooklyn Betting, Helix, Bear, and probably some other names that you haven't heard of yet. The man that connects the threads between all of them, the product of Southeast Montana, Mr. John Merwin, the CEO of Brooklyn Betting, is on the show today. The, the Dos Marcos show begins right now. Be honest. How much do you spend each year on product photography? Aperture's the answer, Kinsley. Products and more products and vignettes and tens of thousands of dollars in reshoots. I mean, <laughs> the reshoots. And then it doesn't look consistent. Aperture is the answer. Look, the world's changed a lot. And one of the good changes is the tech driving Aperture. Aperture is the answer. All right, Quinn, you don't have to say Aperture is the answer anymore. So why don't you go and tell them why? Because it's the only tech company that William Sonoma ever bought. And for good reason, Kinsley. They had the same problems with product photography, and now they don't. And now you won't. Let's say you need a mattress photo. Boom. Place that beautiful bed inside Aperture's nifty 20 by 20 beauty box. Press a button. And the Aperture machine does all of the rest, all the lighting and cropping and shadows, all of it. And better yet, once you need a different background or different lighting, no reshoots. Your visual factory in a box does all the work. And you know what? You save some money, you save some time, and you create product photography that can move at the speed of your ideas. Start today at OutwardInc.com and tell them Dos Marcos sent you. Because why? Aperture's, Aperture's the, answer. the answer. Welcome to the Dos Marcos Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and... Take tequila shots. Uno, dos, tequila! Welcome aboard. Here's your passport to a planet filled with the mattress industry's brightest minds and biggest ideas. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. It is the Dos Marcos Show. I'm Mark Kinsley. This is Mark Quinn. And on the show today, Mr. John Merwin. John, welcome. Now, I, I teed it up by saying you're from Southeast Montana, but you're now located in Phoenix in a monster of a factory serving the mattress industry. For those who don't know, Mr. John Merwin, tell us about yourself. Introduce yourself to the audience. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, grew up in, in, like you said, Southeast Montana, a uh, little town called Baker, Montana, town of 1800. Uh, Went to went to school and went to college. Uh, wrestled a couple years in college and and couldn't make weight anymore. So decided uh, I was going down the path of I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. And my brother is is nine years older than me, and and he was down in the Phoenix Phoenix area, and and he uh, he started selling mattresses out of a Wonder Bread truck, believe it or not. And so. Uh, his wife cut hair. He bought a little salon and quickly realized he wasn't going to make any money, you know, running a, a beauty salon. And so he would go to an auction and he would buy, uh, you know, furniture and, and mattresses. And then he'd put it in his garage and he'd sell it out of his garage. Well, then go back to the auctioneer. The auctioneer took a liking to him. And he's like, Hey, you should focus on mattresses. I can get you truckloads of mattresses. And so he kind of took his advice and this is right when cell phones came out. So he had a bag phone in, in, and then he bought, he wanted to get a box truck and he bought a wonder bread truck. And so he would drive around Southeast Mesa and he would place ads in the penny saver. And this is 
know, this is pre-internet really. And, you know, he'd take a call on his bag phone and he'd be like, Hey, I'm calling about your mattress. And blah, blah. and he's like, well, where are you located? And they'd tell him he's, and he'd say, you know what? I just finished the delivery. He was always 15 to 20 minutes away. And he's, you know, I'm 15, 20 minutes away. I'll just drive over and show you what I have. And so he'd drive over there and then he'd start sloughing beds off on the driveway and then they'd buy it and he'd off he'd go. And he'd go back, you know, two weeks later to the auctioneer to, to buy inventory. And the guy's like, how are you selling these beds? And, and he took his, he's like, you know, I'm driving around, you know, placing ads. And he's like, he's like, that's ridiculous. You need to get a store. He's like, you need the customers coming to you. And so he took his advice and, and rented a storefront in, in Mesa. And he was about nine months into it. And, and I had just gotten engaged to, to my high school sweetheart up in Montana. And he called up and he's like, you know, what are your plans? And I'm like, well, like I said, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. He's like, after you get married, why don't you move down to Arizona? And he's like, I got this little mattress gig going on and, you know, I want to open up another store and, you know, you can run a store. I'll run a store. He's like, you know, we'll get, we'll get really big. You know, I think we can get to four stores. And so I hung up and talked to my fiance at the time. And, you know, we, like I said, we grew up in a town of 1800 people. And so it sounded kind of exciting. We're like, yeah, let's do it. And so we got married very next week. We loaded up a U-Haul and, and drove down to Arizona and, and haven't looked back since. So, um, you know, how, how we, you know, we, we had stores and we were liquidators. So we were buying scratch and dent closeouts, overstocks. And, and what it, what it turned out, what we were buying was this auctioneer had it, had an inside track with Montgomery wards. I don't know if you guys remember Montgomery wards. Oh, Quinn, Quinn remembers Montgomery wards for a very special reason. Quinn, you want to tell him? Well, my father was the regional VP of merchandising. And then my wife, John, I was 28. I walked into Montgomery Ward. I had said, just started with, with Serta and calling on Sam's Club as one account. And the other account was Montgomery Wards. We were selling them $32 million for the betting. They were about to file Chapter 11. I walk into the department and there is this gorgeous, blonde, younger, beautiful assistant buyer who is now my wife. So I got that out of the deal. And, and she's another amazing product of Montana. That's well, sure. Hey, good people there. Sorry. My light came up. My light shut off. So that's crazy. So that's, that's right when they filed chapter 11, right? Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. So we we're we're uh, R and S mattress is probably four years into business. And we're surviving off of all the as is product that we're buying from from Montgomery. And I bet there's a lot of uh, Serta in there, so you're welcome, John. Dude, there's tons of Serta, <laughs> and you know we're so you know it would they deliver it and they get a little scuff on it, and boom, it'd go in the trailer, and then we would buy it for you know pennies on the dollar. And so when when you're buying, you know, this kind of goes into, into the history of how we started making beds, but when you're buying liquidated product, you don't tell them, you know, we could never say, Hey, we want, you know, we want box springs. We want twins. We want foals. And so there was a segment of, of our selection that we just wouldn't get. So we went to a small local manufacturer here in town called quality bedding. And we would buy what, you know, we would supplement from them. So we would buy box springs and twins and foals and just to, you know, customers come in and looking for a twin guest bed or, you know, whatever it was that we couldn't get liquidated, we buy from them. So Wards goes bankrupt 
and they tell us they tell us about it and we have about six months and i think we had at that time we had five retail stores and you know we're you know my brother and i were talking and we're like we're kind of freaking out we're like what are we going to do you know where are we going to get product how are we going to how are we going to stay in business and so you know we're like well you know let's go knock on the doors of of you know, let's go knock on Serta's door and Sealy's door and Simmons' door. So we go, you know, Phoenix has a lot of mattress factories. And so we go and we start knocking on, on the doors locally. And, and sure enough, they're, you know, they wanted to sell their as-is product. And so after Wards, you know, Wards is out of the picture and, and we start buying, you know, as-is, crazy quilts, you know, whatever we can get our hands on, we wanted to buy. And we start buying from Sealy and, you know, we buy a little bit from Sim and Serta never really, we, we couldn't crack that nut right away. And so it was Sealy and Simmons mostly, but so we're back in business, right? We're buying liquidated product and, and it was probably, we're probably six months into it and you get to know the plant manager a little bit. And, you know, we're in looking at the inventory, you know, looking at the finished goods and over in the corner is, you know, some springs and some foam and, you know, a couple rolls of kick and, and it's, you know, it's like, hey, what, what is all that stuff? You know, it just looked like it didn't belong. He's like, oh, that's obsolete material. It's, you know, someone changed their specs and, you know, we kind of got stuck with it. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with it? And he's like, well, if we can't find anyone to buy it, we're probably just going to scrap it. And I'm like, how much do how much you want for it? And, you know, he's like, I don't know, you know, shoot me an offer. And so shoot him an offer. And he's like, yeah, take it. Okay, great. We load all this stuff up on our truck. We had we had a nicer truck. It wasn't a Wonderbread truck anymore, but we had a little bit nicer truck. And immediately we take this over to Quality Betty and grab the guy at Quality Betty. And we're like, "Hey, you got to come see what we got." And and open up the doors. And he's like, "Well, what?" He's like, "What do you want me to do with this?" I'm like, "Make beds out of it." I'm like, you know, we're liquidators. We don't care what it looks like. We, you know, we'll sell it. You know, we every bed we sold was one of a kind. So we would, you know, we kind of joke about it. Our retail stores, we would go between, you know, like a lube shop and a vape shop. You know, that's kind of where the, the real estate that we were looking for, you know, big, cheap, because, and then we would just jam it full of mattresses. So I, we go to quality bedding and, and tell them, Hey, you know, we've got some springs here. We've got some foam. we got some fabric, you know, make, make, make some beds out of it and just give me a good deal. That's all it was about at that time was, you know, I, you know, I want to buy it for $20. I want to sell it for a hundred, you know? And so he, he looked at it and he's like, you know, I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to charge you. And he's like, I, I'm not going to do it. And it's like, okay. So we take that stuff back to our little warehouse and it's like lost a couple hundred bucks, whatever. And, you know, two months later, back in Sealy's, Sealy's offices, trying to buy some product. And, and this time the guy goes, he goes, Hey, you see those finished goods you want over there? It's like, yeah, I said, well, before you sell, before I sell you those, you have to buy all this stuff. And you look over there and he's got a ton more raw materials, you know, excess raw materials that he wanted to get rid of. And it's like, you know, man, this guy's going to kind of strong arm us that, you know, we have to buy all of his crap before we can actually get the, you know, before we can actually get the product that we want. And, and it was then it was like, well, you know, we're like, you know, maybe let's figure out how to, how to build mattresses. And so it was like, you know, you're looking around and they're like, Hey, you know, can you show me how to build a mattress? Like, how, how, do, how are you guys doing it? And he's like, yeah, come over and look at this equipment. And so pretty soon we're, you know, I'm looking at a tape edge machine. We're looking at flange machines, quilting machines. And, 
and you know you remember a couple names and and get home and and it was no more than probably a month later we bought our first sewing machine and 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 off we went and so for the longest time you know we were we were the liquidators we we you know in town you know we started getting calls from all the different factories you know tick and springs and you know and one time Sealy Sealy at one time was making their own coils and you know they they had a run of like 10,000 units that were a half inch short and they called us up and you know I bought them for like five dollars a unit or something like that so that you know we became known as the, the guys that would hey you know call these guys in Phoenix they'll buy anything and they'll pay cash and so that you know we and we just kept adding retail stores but you know the the beautiful part about that was was I had my own distribution, right? So I mean, we would just you know we'd get we'd get enough fabric to build fifty beds, and we build fifty beds, and then we would send it out to our stores and trained our guys on how to sell it, and then they would sell it. And all the while, we're still buying, you know, as is product from sort of Sealy Simmons. You know, we would buy some stuff from Bloomingdale's, and and you know, kind of kind of doing that and it was all under the brand of rns mattress and so fast forward um you know like i said we're i think we're at 20 25 stores and and my wife was a very early e-commerce you know buyer and, and shopper and and so one night in bed we're sitting there and she's like hey look you know look at this mattress and, it, and she was on overstock and there's there's this mattress in a box and memory foam and it was you know pretty low price and I'm like we'll buy that thing and she buys it and it, it comes to my house and and I look at this thing and I'm like I mean I was amazed I'm like you gotta be kidding me you know, so I throw it in my truck I take it up to the factory we open it up and and you know this thing comes back and I mean it's the first time I'd ever seen a bed in the box I'm like this is it. and I'm like I want to do this I want to figure out how to put a bed in the box and so I start calling around and, you know, I had been, I think I had gone to one ISPA show and, you know, I'd starting to, you know, meet different people and different things like that. So I start calling around to the different guys I know in the industry and I'm like, Hey, we're, how do you, how do you, how do we get these beds? And at that time, you know, you know, uh, sleep innovations was, was definitely doing it. There were some other guys that were doing it, but for the most part, you know, it was kind of imported. And so I get a hold of a guy and, and, um, you know, I tell him what I'm, what I want to do. And he's like, well, do you want to go to China? And he's like, you know, we can just go to, we'll fly to China and I'll take you on a tour of these factories. And, and, you know, we, you can build some beds. And um, so three weeks later, we're on a plane to China. I spent two weeks in China, toured a bunch of factories, you know, watching these guys build beds. And, and it's, you know, it's no different than what I was doing. They had an old press and, but except they would press it roll it up by hand and tape it up and, and throw it in a box. And so I, I ordered two or three containers and, and of mattresses. I designed some mattresses there and ordered them and, and brought them in and, and put them online. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sell beds online. This is going to be great. And I mean, we didn't sell a single bed. And the whole time I'm, you know, I've been investing all this, you know, money and equipment and I'm like, God, I do not want to import. You know, I want to be able to do this myself. So I kept looking around and, and Leggett, Leggett had, had just bought Technomac or, you know, had just done a partnership with Technomac. And I, you know, 
I, I had already bought a quilter. And so, you know, my leg guys like, Hey, we have a, a roll pack machine in Italy. And, uh, I'm like, well, I want to go look at it. I go look at it and, you know, took a second on my house and, and bought this roll pack machine for, you know, like 125,000 and bring it in, set it up. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to be able to build a bed in the box. And so I, you know, built a couple different beds and, and we put a bed on Amazon and, you know, kind of just forgot about it and didn't sell anything. And finally, after like six months, for whatever reason, you know, the pictures were terrible. I didn't, I know nothing about marketing. I'm not a marketing guy, you know? And so, you know, our picture, I took a picture in the back of the factory and it just wasn't good. And finally we sell a bed. And so it was like, oh, this is great. You know, so we build it and run it through our Technomac that was kind of just sitting there and, and put it in a box and run it down to the FedEx station, ship it. And, you know, I'm driving back to the factory. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I looked at, I looked at Amazon and, and, you know, this is just another retail store. You know, it's just a, it's an online retail store. And so another day goes by and, you know, we sell another one and then we sold another one. And, and pretty soon we start getting a couple of reviews and, and, you know, pretty soon it's like, Hey, you know, our Amazon business is, is the equivalent of our best store right now. And that was after like three or four months and like, this is great. And so, you know, we're, we're kind of plodding along and, and we're still RNS mattress liquidators. And I, the brand I put on Amazon was dream foam bedding. I, you know, for whatever reason, I wanted a different brand and, and, uh, I get a call from someone at, at Amazon. And it's someone in their marketing department that say, Hey, we're, you know, we've been following, following your, uh, your store and you guys are doing a really good job getting great reviews. And like, we'd like to do a little marketing piece on you. I said, okay. So they interviewed me and you know, they got a picture and they said, now next, next Tuesday, this piece is going to run on our mattress page and you, you're probably going to see a nice lift of business. And then after that, there'll be a link and then it'll, it'll go away. I'm like, okay. So I, I wake up Tuesday morning to a phone call from my plant manager and he's like, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know what he's like. He's like, Amazon. It's, it was seven 30 in the morning. He's like, we've already had more orders than we've ever had. I said, well, yeah, I told you they were going to run this piece. They said it was going to be, you know, they said we'd get a lift. And, and so I log on, I'm like, holy cow, you know, that's crazy. And then I, I'm like, I got, I got to see where this is. So I log on to amazon.com. And on the homepage of amazon.com above the fold is a picture of me in a heading that says dream foam gets your bed just right. And then you could click on it and you could read the story. And then after the story, you could click on our store and you could go to our store and, and there's our mattress. And at that time we had one mattress. And so that day was phenomenal. And then Wednesday was pretty good. And then it just tailed off. And like they said, it was gone. So next Tuesday, about seven o'clock, I get a call from my plant manager again. He's like, Hey, it's happening again. I'm like, what? And he's like, Amazon. And I'm like, roll up a bed, get on sure that same ad, you know, and and he's like, Well, they said they were only gonna run it once, right? And I'm like, Yeah, and and, and I, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, Well, maybe they made a mistake. He's like, are you going to call him? I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to call him. I'm like, you know, maybe they did make a mistake. I don't know. And so every Tuesday uh, for like eight months, they ran my ad. And 
I never talked to anyone, you know, I, you know, I never called anyone. And so it, it's, it, you know, every Tuesday, boom, and it's getting so busy that, you know, I can't, I was taking the phone calls and, and then I'm trying to build the beds in the factory and I'm trying to run these retail stores. And so finally I'm like, I need to, I need to hire, you know, I need to bring a guy in to help me. So I bring in a guy to, to start taking the phone calls and helping to sell beds and, and, and I'm listening to him sell a bed and he doesn't sell a bed. So I, this is like two or three weeks later and I go into his, into his office. I'm like, Hey, what happened? I'm like, that sounded like it was, you know, you were going to sell it. He's like, well, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want a 12 inch bed. She wants a 10 inch memory foam bed. I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, I'm like, we got, we got tons of 10 inch memory foam beds in the back of the factory. He's like, we don't have any on Amazon. And we only had one bed. And I'm like, well, I'm like, you call her up right now and you tell her by the end of the day, there'll be a 10 inch memory foam mattress on Amazon. And so I go in the back and I build one. I take a couple pictures, you know, we go and I go and I, I launch the, launch this bed on Amazon. And sure enough, he calls her back and she buys it. So it was at that point that I'm like, shoot, man, we need, you know, we need a, you know, we need a bigger selection. So then I, you know, I built a selection. I, I built out a line of memory foam beds. I built out a line of latex beds. I built out a line of foam beds. And about this time is when Tuck the Needle comes along and Casper comes along. And, you know, these guys are, are selling the story of, you know, we've built the one bed that's perfect for everybody. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm selling 20 beds on Amazon and I'm selling tons of them. Like one bed, there's no way. And so I was kind of stubborn and, and just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't comprehend what they were doing. But the timing of when they came in and started doing that, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was game changing for, for everybody. And, you know, I sat there for, you know, you know, we were building our business on Amazon and the whole time that I'm doing that, we're still in liquidation business. And, and then they came along and I'm like, hey, you know, we need to, we need to build a brand. And, and that's when, uh, you know, my daughter's, my second daughter's name is Brooklyn. And, you know, we were kind of tossing around some different brand names and that's where Brooklyn betting came from. And, and boom, there, there we went. Told you I was long-winded, so. John, this is such a great story, and there's so much backstory to it that I knew nothing about, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't know about. Go back, and I want to fill in a couple of key questions. So whenever you're talking about that first Tuesday when the story went up on Amazon, what year was that? Because I was thinking about that in relationship to some of the single mattress, you know, mattress-in-a-box players that started pushing, you know, tough the needle probably around 2012. Yeah, so it was, it was, it, it was like 10, 2010 or 11, right, right around there. Cause it was, it was pre, it was before Tuff the Needle. Tuff the Needle started on Amazon, um, with like a little five inch futon. And then, you know, then kind of went, went down the path that they went, but it was, it was like 10, 2010, 2011. And I still, here, here's the, I still keep it but i don't know if you guys can see this but here's the here's the little they sent me this after the nine months and you know i don't know if you can see it but it says dream foam gets your bed but that was the this was the little heading and on the home page of amazon above the full right? this was this was before you know this was before amazon real you know i i they were selling other things obviously but 
you know, they weren't charging, you know, now they have co-op fees. And I mean, to, to get a heading like that, I don't know how much you would have to spend, but, um, you know, at, at, at the end of that nine months, the lady called me and I, and I said, Hey, you know, I, I just got to ask, you know, you guys said that you're only going to run this for one week. You know, how come, you know, how come you kept running it? And she said, well, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, we would always highlight, um, authors. You know, we would highlight, you know, authors that were, that had just wrote a book. And, and so we would put them on that heading and then they would sell a book for, you know, fourteen ninety nine, and Amazon would take their, you know, whatever cut they were getting. And she said, we ran your ad and all of a sudden we're selling $600 mattresses. We're selling as many $600 mattresses as we were selling, you know, $15 books. And, you know, so, was, you know, that, the, the the return on that ad there, you know, that ad placement was phenomenal for me. And then I kept adding SKUs. And so I just kept adding selection. And then it just, you know, I, I, I kept, I would keep track of, of the Amazon rankings. And it, you know, when at the end of that nine months of the top hundred beds on Amazon, I had 25 of them. And in the top hundred, I think I had like 12 or 13 of them. And so, you know, we were, and, you know, we were doing a tremendous amount of, of volume, at least back then to us, it was a tremendous amount of volume. And we're in this, we're in, at that time, we were in like four different buildings because we're still liquidation. You know, I'm, I'm buying different things from everyone. And, 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 uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get as, as vertical as possible. And this is, you know, I'm sorry, but this, I mean, it's a crazy long story on how we got to where we got. So we, you know, we would buy liquidation stuff. And so then I got a call from a FXI had a facility in Phoenix and, and they would call and they'd be like, Hey, we have some foam. It's a little out of spec. So-and-so does Serta doesn't want it. Do you want it? I'm like, well, yeah, I want it. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, well, you got to You got to cut it for me. He's like, no, I'm not cutting it. He's like, you know, if you want to buy this stuff, you got to buy buns. I'm like, well, I don't know how to cut foam. And, you know, he's like, well, just, come over here and I'll show you how we do it. And so I go over and he brings, he takes me back there and he's like, you know, you got to buy a horizontal saw and you got to buy a vertical saw. He's like, you should be able to find them pretty cheap and here's how you do it. And, and so boom, now we're cutting foam and, you know, we start bringing in buns and we start cutting foam. So I, like every step along the way we would, you know, we would learn how to, you know, how to, how to build beds, you know, and, and you know, that was us cutting foam. And then it was, you know, I, I've always, I've always wanted to get as vertical as possible. And so you know, I launched a, I launched a line with a, with a big online retailer and I sat down with our coil provider and said, you know, Hey, I, I really want this business. You know, here's my margins. Here's where we're at. I need you guys to give me a good deal. They, you know, they came in and, and gave me what I thought was a good deal. And we launched this business and boom, we take off and we're doing well. And, you know, no more than like two months later, they walk in the door with a, you know, 12% price increase. I'm like, Hey, I can't do that. I just launched this program and I can't do that. And they're like, well, they're, you know, I'm like, you know what? I want to, I want to figure out how to build my own coils. And I had looked at some equipment. And so six months later I had some coiling equipment and, and I, you know, I, I took my lumps, you know, for the first couple of years on trying to figure it out. I bought the wrong equipment and, but I just kept at it. And 
So now today, you know, we we you know we build one hundred percent of the coils that we use. You know, we don't we don't outsource that anywhere. And same. Yeah, no, I, I want to keep going there, right? Because I want to bring this into present day. And so you've done so much, Can, like, you know, Helix and Bear and all of those things. Like, wh where are you today? And, like, how did you kind of, like, some of the more recent decisions? I'm just curious. And by the way, Kinsley, isn't his story so interesting? Because really what he just told us was, like, Amazon literally helped him get into this business. But in a really big way, he kind of helped Amazon get into the mattress business is the, the takeaway I got from that story because they were learning in parallel with him. So I love that part. I mean, that's a that's a crazy story. I love that. But anyway, back to my question. So just current day, right? So you, I, I see this theme of you seeing opportunities and jumping on them quickly and being vertical in your, in your manufacturing process and you're kind of connecting dots. But now you've made some acquisitions and, and you've grown into this very modern company. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of why you've kind of come to where you are right now? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, quite frankly, we, we, you know, we have, we have our sights set on, you know, we want to be the largest D to C, you know, mattress brand mattress player out there. You know, they're the, 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 the space is so large and, you know, we're still just, just a, just a little, tiny piece of it. And so when all these, when all these bed in the box companies, you know, launched and, and they, you know, they were all over the place and, and in the back of my head, the whole time, I'm like, you know, there's going to have to be some consolidation that, you know, that they're just not going to all be able to make it. They, they, they built good brands that, you know, they, they, they're able to sell product. Um, but I, I just always felt like that there's going to need to be, you know, a little, a pullback and, and some shrinking. And so, um, you know, pre COVID, you know, we're, we're growing out of our facility and, and, um, you know, I wanted to build this big, huge facility. I wanted to pour foam and the coils. I wanted to put it everywhere. You know, every factory that I've toured outside of the U S they pour their own foam. They make their own springs. I mean, they, a lot of them even make their own fabric and, and that doesn't happen here. And I don't get it. And so, you know, I would look at him and be like, I want to, I want, I want to control my own destiny. I want, you know, I want to. And so, you know, you would always hear from the farmers, oh, you, you know, you can't get a permit. You, you know, it's, you can't do this. You can't do that. And so finally, and you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to do it. And so we did. And so long winded again, but uh, I get, you know, pre COVID I'm before COVID hits March of 2020, I am um, a week away from signing construction docs on this new 650,000 square foot facility, pouring foam. COVID hits. We're kind of freaking out. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, the first eight days, 10 days of the world shutting down, I mean, it was, it was bad. It was bad online. It was bad retail. It was bad everywhere. Well, after that 10 days and everyone was home, and then they realized that the world wasn't going to end and they were stuck at home. Then pretty soon our online sales started lifting and, and, you know, it was, it was a, you know, it was really good for the online business. And so then I'm like, you know what, you know, let's, we got to build this factory. And so I signed the papers and, and we got started on that factory. And that was, you know, you get into the, we get into the supply chain mess and, and, you know, 
the coils and the non-woven issues. Everyone, you know, they, everyone couldn't get their hands on non-woven, which was needed to make pocketed coils. And, and I was building my own coils at the time. And I've always, because of my history, I've always been heavy, heavy inventory. And so, you know, I kind of, I, you know, I saw kind of the issue with the non-woven and, you know, I'm ordering, you know, container after container of non-woven. And what it got into was, you know, no one had coils while I had coils. And I got a call. I, you know, I, I know the Helix guys and, and, um, I sent a, I sent a text off to, to Jerry and I said, Hey, how, how are things going? I imagine you guys are pretty busy. And, and he's like, Oh, he's like, we're really busy. He's like, but we're just, we can't get product. And, I had a little bit of capacity and I had coils. And so I text him back. I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I would love an opportunity to, to build some beds for you. I, you know, I'm, I'm building my own coils. I have capacity and, you know, I could probably get you, I can't remember. I threw him out a number of what I could get him a, a, a week. And it wasn't more than two minutes and, and my phone's ringing and he calls me and he's like, you have coils. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm making my own coils. And, and, and so he's like, well, you think you could build beds? Yeah, I can build beds. And, and so two weeks later, three weeks later, we're, you know, he's in the factory and we're building beds and prototyping stuff. And, you know, it was probably three and a half weeks later, we're, you know, we're building beds for him and, and trying to get him out of their supply chain mess. And, and I've known Jerry and, and Christian and Adam and those guys, and, and we've all, you know, we see each other at market and different things like that. And, you know, you, you know how those things are. You, you get, sit next to guys and you're like, Hey, you know, what do, what do you think if we, you know, if there was some consolidation or, you know, I think it's got to happen or, you know, it's got this and that. And, and after, you know, that happened with the supply chain and we got hooked back up with Helix, that's when those conversations started. And, and then we ran a process and, and, you know, boom, here we are today. So, um, you know, you know, this is a, this new facility is, it's a beautiful building. And my, my goal when I built it was I wanted to, you know, I said, I, I want to build 3,500 to 4,000 pieces a day. And I want to sell those straight to the consumer. And, you know, I want these to be D to C. And so when you start running that math, you know, it, it you know, an average unit price and, you know, 3,500 beds and you start running that math and, you know, you come to a big number, that's a big facility. And, uh, and so, you know, where we're at today is, you know, that's what we're trying to do. But, and as we create, you know, the demand, you know, I think that we're going to be able to drive traffic for retail, for retailers also. And we're going to be able to put our product in, in, into some retailers and we're going to drive traffic for them. You know, yes, we do want to sell it online, but we're, we're, we're very happy selling it in, in someone else's store and let, you know, letting them take the customer as well. So it, you know, we're just starting down that path. I, you know, I think you'll probably hear a lot more from us at, at, at the January market. Um, but you know, we're, you know, we did the Helix, you know, Helix and, and Brooklyn bedding, you know, combined and merged. And then, you know, four months later we built, you know, we added on bear. So we've been busy, you know, integrating, everything and, and just, you know, trying to, trying to learn from each other, best, best practices. And, and that's, that's where we're at today. All right, John, I got, I got some questions about the D2C space because it has been 
just this shape shifting beast that has become such a huge part of the industry. And clearly we're talking to, you know, one of the, one of the early pioneers who got into the space, obviously through the vehicle of Amazon and then through, you know, becoming vertical and servicing other manufacturers and building your own brands. And now you've got Brooklyn bedding and you've got uh, Helix as part of the family and Bear as part of the family. And you have several uh, retail stores in the Phoenix area. Is that right? Under yep. the Brooklyn bedding banner? Yep. yep. Is that right? Yeah. We have 16 stores in the, in the Phoenix market. Okay. So let me go, I'm going to go back in time for a minute and I want to connect the dots between something that I've noticed Maybe you can give us some perspective on, because I think this is going to be a good insight just in terms of where the industry is at. I remember years ago when I was at Leggett, I met Jamie Diamondstein. And of course, Jamie was part of starting Lisa. And then, you know, there was Lisa, there was Tuft and Needle and Casper, and then eventually Purple came along. And now I don't see in the online space as much visibility around, around brands like Lisa and you know, from time to time, I'll see Helix. I don't see as much bear. I talk to the people who are doing, you know, spending hundreds of millions of dollars in online advertising to get in front of the consumer to sell direct. And they're telling me now that it's anywhere between three and $350 to acquire a customer online. How are you approaching that space in terms of deploying ad spend? How do you show up in front of consumers whenever somebody might be outspending you? What does that landscape look like these days? Yeah, I would say, you know, I feel like uh, that it goes back to wanting to be as vertical as possible, right? And so I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the cheapest guy, but I want to be the low cost provider, right? I feel like, I feel like there isn't anyone out there in the manufacturing space that can build a bed you know, as cost efficiently as I can. And so what that does is that, that gives us, that gives us a a little bit more margin and we can go out and we can, you know, we can, we can afford to, to acquire that customer. And, you know, that, that's what we, you know, when we brought Helix on the Helix team is phenomenal. I mean, it, it was such a perfect combination in the sense that, you know, I would, we were never, you know, very heavily marketed driven, you know, marketing driven. And, and they were, you know, I was, I, I'm a factory guy. I love to be in the back of the factory. I love to build the product. I love to buy equipment. I mean, you, you come check this place out and, and, you know, everything is inside of, you know, almost five years new. Right. And so that, that's, that's where I found out where, you know, that's where I'm valuable and that's, that's where I need to be. And so when we combine these companies, uh, you know, I, I'm still the CEO, but, you know, Adam, Christian, Jerry, you know, I, I mentioned Tim Dilworth, my COO. I mean, these are the guys that are running this thing and, and, and they're phenomenal marketers. You know, they're just, they're really good at what they do. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like, so I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I feel like, um, you know, we can, we can still be profitable and and go out and acquire customers and i think that that's what's happened that's why you don't see these brands is you know it's just it's it's got it it has i mean it's gotten a lot tougher to to get in front of the customer and you know whether the the margin isn't there for them or you know i'm not 100 percent sure but um you know that that would be my guess 
you know, I used to bang heads with Tuck the Needle here locally. And, and I, you know, I have the most, utmost respect for what, what JT and Dahi and, and the team that they had, what they built. I mean, they would, they would just, they would just kick, they were kicking my butt. Those guys, and, and I, I haven't seen JT or Dahi for quite a while, but I would see them at market and, and we were cordial and everything, but I'm not kidding you. They, I had a store in Phoenix, right? And there was a billboard directly above my store and I did billboards in town and I did billboards before they did billboards. Right. But I, they, the company, they would never, for there's some law or something, they wouldn't let me buy that billboard directly above my store. So tuck the needle goes in and buys that billboard and they put, you know, this was during their mattress stores are greedy, you know, buy, you know, buy tn.com. And I'm, you know, I'm cruising down, I'm going to look at one of my stores and, and I'm driving by that store and I look up and I see, I mean, I almost wrecked my car. I'm like, son of these guys, are you kidding me? And this and is a the, podcast, John. You can let all that go. It's I can, okay. I can say, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. And, and it turned out though, that it actually, you know, at, at that store, when we started looking at the metrics, it actually, it actually boosted. So I think, I think that, you know, because it, it said mattress right above us, and then it kind of, you know, it was right down below us. But when that billboard was up, our store performed a little bit better there. So it, it worked, you know, it, in the end, it worked out. But, um, but yeah, and, you know, you know, SSB came and bought Tuft and Needle and, you know, kind of took them down a, you know, they, they, they kind of lost a little bit of their messaging on the whole mattress stores are greedy and, you know, d different things like that. But, um, yeah, the, the you know. I, I the space is is so interesting to me, and I you know I love I love being in it. Hey, and John, I think you I think you did answer my question because you mapped it back to kind of one of your main messages, which was be as vertical as possible. And so when I was asking about how do you how do you afford to compete in that space, I mean obviously how you afford to do it is you have, you got to have the money, and the way that you are funding that part of your business, which is a significant part of your business is by being vertical, by increasing your margin enough so that you can you know, deploy that spend to get in front of the consumers. And I'm sure, you know, if you're shopping for a mattress and you go online, I mean, those are the signals that somebody sends off that you're in the market for a mattress. So I'm sure the, you know, the, the marketing ninjas like, you know, Tim and, and the Helix team and the Bear yep. team and the Brooklyn Betting team, they're looking at in-market shoppers. So it's not going to show up to the general public. So it's a much more surgical spend. Yes, for sure. Yep, they're, they're very, very you know, sophisticated in, in what they do and how they how they go after customers. John, I have I have one more question in the sensitivity of time. Um, where do you see the industry going? Right, you're brick and mortar, you're direct to consumer. Like, what's your view of it? Where does this all shake out? Like, you know, balance of like what's being done online versus brick and mortar. What's your what's your what's your thinking there? Yeah, I've always felt, you know, the the industry is, but every, you know, the industry, everyone's trying to get their get their hands around, you know, how much is being done online, and and I've always felt that, you know, the number that they throw out there is always off, ten to fifteen percent. You know, I think I think the number they throw out there is always low. Um, I you know I, I don't, I think everyone understands it now, but certainly four to five years ago, I, you know, the industry struggled to grasp how much was being done online. So, I, you know, look, 
I think that, I think that, that it's going to continue to grow. Um, and so, you know, yeah, there's always going to be a segment that want to shop, but you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, pos, you know, like an omni-channel experience that, that we can try to try to build. And, but I, you know, you know, I, my wife doesn't buy anything in a store anymore. Can't stand going in a store. My kids, I have a 20 and an 18 year old, you know, they just, they don't buy anything in the store. So, um, you know, I, the, 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 the really good retailers are doing a great job of creating experiences where you walk in and, and, and you're seeing great product and, and you're, you know, you're being taken through a journey that, that they like. And so it's, you know, I, I think it's going to, you know, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a mix, but you know, I, obviously the facility that we built and where we're going, you know, we think that the online space is going to continue to grow for sure. John, have you seen, I don't know what your placement looks like at retail right now among your family of brands, but have you seen a lift in online sales within a certain radius of a store whenever either you open that store or whenever a product's placed? So for example, right now today, if you plop down a, a Helix inside of a store in St. Louis, would you see a lift within a certain radius of that store with online sales? Yep. So I would say that we're, we're, you know, our retail footprint is so small, right? And, and this is when I say, you know, in January, I think you'll, you'll definitely hear some more from us, but the, the very first test we did was we put Helix in the Brooklyn bedding stores and, you know, and then we started to, to do it, you know, a little bit of marketing and, and what we found was, you know, for sure, Helix was driving traffic into our retail stores. And so, um, you know, our, our sales guys loved it. And, you know, we didn't, you know, when you look at, you know, it didn't, we don't feel like it's affected our online sales at all. And in, in the market, we would, you know, we're just, we're going after that, that segment of customers that want to go in and touch it and feel it. You know, so I, I, guess, I, I guess Quinn, I guess to go back to go back to your question, there's always going to be customers that are going to go in and feel it. And if they can't go in and feel it, then they're not going to buy your product. And so, um, you know, we would like to, we would like to, to expand our retail footprint and, and hopefully we can do that. Um, but yeah. And, and one of the things that I've heard to, to kind of shift that question a little bit was, you know, whenever these online brands have made it into brick and mortar, then, you know, maybe somebody's coming into that brick and mortar store and they get, they get exposed to that brand for the first time. They leave the store and then go buy it online directly from that, that website. And, and I've heard numbers around like, hey, you put, if we put our product in a store for the first time in like a new neighborhood, we were seeing online sales in that neighborhood, online sales go up by like 30% because there's that first exposure effect. But people still wanted to, you know, just leave and yeah. you know, have it shipped to their house. Well, I mean that, you know, I mean we all know that that that's not very beneficial for the retailer, right? And so, you know, hopefully, you know, when we when we, you know, when we make this push, and and if we are fortunate enough to get slotted into some retailers' floors, if that is happening, you know, I mean, we need to, you know, when we're sitting looking at doing this, and I mean, we need our retailers to be successful. I mean, I know what it takes to, to run a store and, and the cost of the store and the sales guy. And so, 
I mean, our hope is, is that that doesn't happen if we get slotted because, uh, you know, you drive traffic into a retailer store, you know, I want that retailer to make the sale. Well, John, I think, I think there's an opportunity here. Okay. So obviously there's a lot of opportunity in the retail space, you know, for businesses like yours. But as I go back and I think about the Genesis, the origin story of Brooklyn betting, you and your brother, what your brother was doing in Phoenix before you and your wife got married and moved down to Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, he was selling beds out of a Wonder Bread truck. I think there's an opportunity for a, a brand called Wonder Bed, not Wonder Bread. <laughs> hey, maybe. I might actually own that website. I should check it out. You better buy that .com real quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, Wonder Bed. If you looked at my GoDaddy account and seen all the stupid website names that I own right now, you'd I mean, anything with mattress in it, I probably own it. It's ridiculous. Hey, John, I, I've got a final question for you in the interest, uh, back to my comment about interest of time. We've kept you so long. Um, but what is your, like, if you look at the industry you're in, right, and all the players and all the stuff that's happened over time, what is your hope for this industry? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I want the good, you know, Obviously, I, I want everyone to be successful, and, and there's you know there's certain brands out there that you look at them and, and you're like you know they they built a great brand, they've done a great job, and so um, you know I, I want those guys to be successful, and then uh, you know the, the hope is you know just maybe maybe a little more transparency uh, into the into the product and and different things like that, but um, you know. I've I've gone by the the motto of uh, you know n never burn a bridge and and you know you never know what's going to happen in, in the industry so <laughs> that's that's kind of where where I sure is a small industry and and a good one to be a part of and you know Quinn and I always we always try to anchor ourselves around the idea that we we're really helping people you know get a better night's sleep and this is uh the piece of furniture or the object that you spend more time of your life on than anything else. And, and, it's, and probably it, give the least amount of thought to, right? That's right. We even did research. I mean, a while back and we were like, Hey, out of all these eight different items we listed, which one most contributes to your good night of sleep? Sadly, sleep aids were at the top mattresses at the bottom. Yeah. And we're, I think, you know, with this direct to consumer relationship, like you have with people, it's a big opportunity to shift that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, as far as the mattress podcasts go, would you say Dos Marcos is at the top of your list or maybe towards the bottom? Can you give it's us a the, feel for that? As far as of all the mattress podcasts out there, it's the only one I listen to. They get that a lot. So, <laughs> I, mean, I would say that that's at the top. We'll take it. We'll take uh, it. What, what I heard is, Quinn, you're number one. That's what I heard. I think it's the Dos Marcos, Kinsley. John, do you ever drink tequila? Uh, a little bit. Not a lot. All right. All right. Well, when we're together, would you uh, indulge with Kinsley and I in a uh, Dos Marcos tequila shot? One. One. Wait, wait. Uno or dos? I could, may I could probably handle two. <laughs> well, you spread we'll spread it out. Spread it out. We'll yeah, spread it we'll, out. we'll spread it out. It, and Yeah, I... Uh, I, I like to golf. I love to golf, right? And so the guys that I that I golf with, they're they're big tequila drinkers. And one time they, you know, I'm like, you know, I think I can do that. That's you know, seems cool to drink tequila. And 
and I had a couple and I didn't make it 18 holes. And so ever since, ever since then, I've been a little, been a little shy on the, on the tequila. Whenever you go golfing and you're drinking tequila, it's never and. It's always or. You either golf or you drink tequila. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's awesome. Well, hey, John, it's great to spend some time with you. Thanks for telling your story. I know that it means a lot to people here in the industry. I do have one final question, though. You, you, your original brand that you launched on Amazon, it was called the Dream Foam? Uh, yeah, Dream Foam Betting. Dream Foam Betting. Is that still being sold on Amazon? It is a little bit. Uh, we, we own dreamfoambetting.com. And so that, you know, we definitely sell some product there, uh, and a little bit on Amazon. Um, you know, the industry is so small, so obviously word gets out pretty quickly. And, and once people found out and, you know, we, Amazon, you know, we kind of got overtaken by all the different imports and, and just, it got to a point where we couldn't compete. And so, um, you know, the Amazon business is, it's still there. Uh, we do a little private label stuff. Um, but yeah, it got got to got 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 tougher and tougher to compete. Yeah, and that I know that some of that has been reshored ever since the anti-dumping came across. So it's I think you know that part of the business, uh, that kind of commodity or velocity price point business, I think is still kind of shaking itself out to find a home. Yep, yep, for sure. Well, hey, uh, if people want to get connected to you or get in touch, what's the best way they can reach out? Yeah, you can. Uh, um, I don't know if I want to give my phone number out, but John, <laughs> John at brooklynbetting.com would, would reach me for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'd be more than happy to, to pick up a phone. Anyone that wants to talk or anyone that has any questions or wants to hear a little bit more about the story. I could, t I could tell you stories for, you know, another hour, two hours of stuff that just happened that would, you know, I mean, you'd be shaking your head at, at different things that kind of just fell in place and, you know, we've been very, very fortunate and, and uh, you know, you know, we've made a lot of, made a lot of mistakes and bought a lot of equipment that didn't work. And, but then I've also bought some that has worked and, 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 you know, done, done well along the way. So. Well, Hey, maybe we'll, we'll uh, take you up on that, uh, that agreement. Quinn just sealed the deal on to uh, grab a, a shot or two of tequila and we'll tell some more stories. How about yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. I look forward to All it. Right. John Merwin, CEO of Brooklyn Betting. John, thanks so much for being on the Dos Marco Show. And wherever you're at, hey, if you go over to fam.news, there's all kinds of other podcasts, about 385 right now that you would need to get caught up on. Um, so go over there, check it out. Be sure to subscribe. And if you want to text us or drop us a note, we'll, we'll be happy to stick handle it to get you in touch with John because you can text us on our podium number right there from fam.news. And you know, be sure to subscribe and uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get the goods. And uh, Quinn, did I miss anything? You didn't. And John, man, what a great uh, conversation. So glad we got to know you a little bit. And uh, thanks for all you're doing and the people you're employing and the best to you and your company and the families that work for you. And uh, keep shining that light, brother. Look forward to a tequila shot with maybe a cigar and maybe a little golf together. So yeah, hey, we'll, we'll count the days. You you, uh, you throw a tea time in there and, and I can make that no you know, for sure. <laughs> and hey, I, I just, as long as we can pump the brakes, just like two or three months here, and I would be happy to come to Phoenix. No kidding, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, have a good one, John. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, guys. 
you can bounce on it. Oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. Is ice. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce, now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring and you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back, you don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen to your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get Somebody to get in your vicinity You probably wanna feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone? Out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support The best way to shack up or just get rest That won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid Nothing short of cheap Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, phone keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us And you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive Magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses.